Welcome everyone by live stream. Glad to have you today. Get your Bible, get, set aside all the distractions and uh, feed on the Word of God with us. Praise God. Attend to the Word. Listen carefully and receive what God has for you. I, um, I want to share something this morning, a little different flow than we've been in. But uh, I had a dream th Thursday night that um, I believe... Uh, is applying, it really applies to all of us. It was, it was concerning a certain situation, but it applies to all of us. And so I'm just going to share a little bit about it and uh, let the Holy Ghost show us where to go with it. Yes. That'd be all right. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. You leaving God for utterance this morning? Yes. How many of you know God has a part in this service? Yes. But he only has a part. He doesn't have the, it's not all up to him. Yes. Pastor has a part. Right? And, uh, but you and I, we all have a part. So we're going to do our part. We're hungry for, for what God has for us today. Um, if you brought your Bible, go over to the 15th chapter of the book of, uh, of Acts. Acts, the 15th chapter. I'll eventually get to uh, the dream I had and what the Lord said to me when I woke up. More and more things like this are beginning to happen. I don't believe in having dreams every night or even every third night or every week or every month. But uh, the Lord does do things at times. Amen. So, and he says things. He's got things he's wanting to say. And so we have ears to hear. Tell that to your neighbor. I have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. <clears throat> Amen. Acts chapter number 15, we read here a story. We'll just start in verse number, uh, let's start in verse number 36. Um, you know, throughout the Bible, and this is something that we've shared on in the past, um, haven't talked too much about it lately, but um, it's a divine truth that has blessed my wife and I's life. I would call it one of the secrets to any success that we do have. Uh, I say one because there's many things in the Word of God that are keys to, yes. to being successful in what God called you to do. Um, successful just means fulfilling the plan of God yep. uh, victoriously. Yep. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Amen. 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 Walking in victory while you're doing it in all areas of your life. But, um, but, so, but I would say this is one of the big ones. This is a big secret. How many of you like secrets? It's an open secret. It's been in the Bible the whole time. <laughs> But it's a key that unless you have revelation of it, it can escape you and the importance of it can escape you. Yeah. And that is just understanding divine connections. Yes. Understanding divine connections. Yes. Amen. And, and properly receiving those and honoring those and letting yes. God work through those things. Amen. Um, there's a mentality in, the, in some circles of the church world that... Um, you know, all I need is Jesus. And the reason it's so quiet right there is because it sounds right. But Jesus himself said that that's not true. And the Bible says that that's not true. The Bible says that the head, Jesus himself, cannot say to the feet, I have no need of thee. And the hand can't say to the eye or the eye to the ear, you know, different parts of the body can't say to other parts of the body, I have no need of thee. Right. To say that all I need is Jesus yeah. is to say I don't need anyone else in the body of Christ. So 
That's, you know, 1 Corinthians 12 says that's not true. We can't say to other members of the body, we don't need you. That's right. I mean, even the parts that the Bible says that are not that highly esteemed. Somebody said, I don't, I don't know if it's true. I guess it's true. You know, if it's on the internet, it's true. <laughs> Somebody said, if you don't have a little toe, it really affects your balance. You ever heard that? Is that true? Who's, who's in here could tell me that's true? Here's a nurse. She can tell you. If you don't have a little toe, it can really affect your balance. Well, um, that might seem strange, but, but, but you know, medically they've, they've proven that. Well, you know, a little toe seems like a little member. Doesn't seem that important, but it could affect your head. In other words, your head could get hurt because you, you fell over something, you know, and ouch, man, I missed that little toe. <laughs> so no, we, we need the other members of the body of Christ. We need each other. Jesus said, uh, the Bible said that the head can't say to the feet, I have no need of thee. That's the head of the body is Jesus. So Jesus can't even say, I don't need my body. Or any member. He needs every member in his body. We always think, you know, how much we need Jesus. And we do. Don't misunderstand me. But uh, we, we never think much about how much he needs us. Bible said we're laborers together with God. What he's doing in the earth, he's doing through people. Th- through his body. And many times what he's doing in our lives, he's doing, he's doing, don't misunderstand me, it all comes from the head. He's doing, but he's doing it through other members to bless our, our lives. Um, Ephesians, uh, you went to Acts 15, but Ephesians chapter 4 verse number 16 is a powerful verse along this line. I'll just make mention of it. You can write it down in your notes. Uh, but Ephesians 4 verse number 16, it says, from whom the whole body... The whole by from whom Jesus is the head. If you look at the context, he's talking about Jesus. From Jesus, the whole body fitly framed together. Am I, am I saying that right? Fit, fitly joined. I think another translation says frame. Fitly joined together. Joined together. We're not, you know, we're not pieces of a body floating around in, in proximity to one another. We're connected. We're joined. God makes divine connections in his body. So the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth. Notice that every joint. Some translations say every member. Every member supplieth. Um, So as a member of the body of Christ, I'm not talking about being a member of a church, but as a member of the body of Christ, which of course God sets his members in churches. But, but he says the whole body. Every member, he calls them a joint. Yeah. Yeah. So you're a joint. Poke your neighbor and say, you're a joint in this joint. You're a joint in this joint. Yeah. Every member's a joint. In other words, every one of them's connected to somebody else. No member of our body floats along like this finger. Doesn't float along beside my body out here in the air. No, it's joined. It's connected. And that's the, the, the illustration of the natural body in the Bible is used to illustrate Jesus' body. He's the head, we're the body. We're, we're members of the body. We're, we're, none of us are the whole body, we're members of the body. All of us together make up the whole body. Amen. And we can't say to any other member, we don't need you. 
You know, that's true in a lot of ways. We can't say to the Baptists who are out there getting people saved and born again, uh, we can't say we don't need you. We need them. Please do what you're doing. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. And so we, we need the whole body of Christ. Now, the body of Christ is not everybody that goes to church, you understand. You can go to church and that doesn't make you a member of the body. You get born again is how you get member of the body. First Corinthians 12, 20 or 12, 18 says, uh, he puts us in the body as it pleases him. Whenever we're born again, you read the previous verses by one spirit. Are we all baptized into one body? Baptized means plunged into the body. We're put in the body. And then verse 18 says, we're put in the body as it pleased him. Not as it pleased grandma or your wife or your husband but as it pleased him. There's a place of pleasing. There's a place where the Lord is pleased that you be in the body. Oh, I can tell now I'm going to like this this morning. There's a place you fit. There's a place you belong. Nobody in the body doesn't fit somewhere, doesn't belong somewhere. Well, I just don't seem to fit in any church. Well, look in the mirror. The problem might be you. Now, I didn't say it was. I said it might be. God's got a place for you. Place you fit. Place you belong. A place you'll get fed. A place, a place where you can bring your giftings and your, what God's given you. Because the, everybody has something to supply. Every joint supplieth. So you've got something to supply. Amen. We need you. We need you. You need us. We all need one another. Yes, we all need Jesus, but we all need one another. Because a lot of things that Jesus sends through, through, from the head comes through other members. Yes. Amen. 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 Yes, My hand gets the nerve signals and all the, you know, everything it needs to, to move and then the blood to keep it alive and everything. It gets it from you know, uh, other parts of the body. I mean, it all comes from a certain, like the blood comes from the heart, but it comes through all these other members to get to my hand. So that's the way the body's set up. God set it up that way. And there's a place that you fit, where you belong, where you'll, you'll get the most that God has for you. It doesn't mean, uh, well, we'll get into that as we go. But, but back here in Ephesians, it says, every joint supplies, according to the, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, maketh increase of the body. Amen. Did I miss something there? Maketh increase of the body. What's the next word? Unto the edifying of itself. That means the build up. The build up. I meet a lot of Christians that aren't that build up. And I know that I know this is one reason why they don't find where they fit. They kind of have the lone ranger mentality. Every joint supplied by that, which is, uh, uh, say it again there. Compacted together, but that which every joint supplies according to the measure, what? Effectual working in the measure of every part. Making the increase of the body under the edifying of itself. Edifying of itself in love. Building up itself. Notice that. He didn't even say building up. He didn't even say Jesus building it up. We know he does, but he does it through members of the body. Building up itself in love. Praise God. That's the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. Well, we're part of the body of Christ. <clears throat> so, um, 
Well, I want to look at these divine connections because we use that term in, in our vernacular. We see this principle all through the Bible where we're, we're to be joined somewhere in the body of Christ. There's a place we fit. He put us in the body as it pleased him. We spend a lot of time on this in years past. Um, in the new members class, we talk a lot about it. Um, but th- I had an experience where the Lord spoke to me about something here. And so I want to share it with you. If you can let me kind of ramp up to it, would that be all right? And so um, here in Acts chapter number 15, well, actually go back to Acts chapter number 13 and look at verse 1. There was in the church that uh, was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Manian, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. I want you to notice the first one was named Barnabas. The last one was named Saul, whose name was changed to Paul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said. Now, underline that. This is something the Holy Ghost is saying. This is not something man said. This is not something a committee decided to do. The mission committee that the church at Antioch decided to do. No, the Holy Ghost said. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate unto me, uh, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. I have called them. Then when they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and sent them away. Look at verse 4. So they being sent forth by the missions committee, by man. No, they being, they, they, not one of them, they, both of them, Paul and Barnabas. They being sent forth by the Holy Ghost departed unto Seleucia. And from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And you know, you can read their first missionary journey and how it all happened. But they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost. In other words, the Holy Ghost put them together. This wasn't they, they said, we like one another. I think we'd get along on a missions trip. That wasn't, it wasn't a, 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 a natural personality affinity. It wasn't something that man, some committee put together. This is the Holy Ghost connection. A Holy Ghost team. Whoo, glory be to God. And it was set up by God. Heaven, heaven put it together and the Holy Ghost spoke to him about it. And it says they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. And so um, I want you to notice now the 15th chapter. I wanted you to see that before we went to the 15th chapter. Look at verse number 36. Uh, Acts chapter number 15, verse number 36. Let's start reading there and then we'll go on down through verse 41. 15, 30, uh, excuse me, 15, 36 through uh, 41. Some days after, Paul said unto Barnabas, now they're done with the first missionary journey, and this is some days after they got back and got some rest and so forth, and uh, some days after Paul, and uh, he said unto Barnabas, in other words, his Holy Ghost partner, the one God put him together with, said unto Barnabas, let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. Now, this is the beginning of their second missionary journey. You ever, you ever, had, you ever studied their journeys, you know, Paul's missionary journeys? And so there, this is the beginning of it, or it was supposed to be the beginning of it. And Barnabas determined, look at verse 37, Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. Now, if you read the scriptures carefully, John Mark, they call him John Mark, he was uh, Barnabas' nephew. So there's a natural relationship here. 
between Barnabas and uh, John Mark. So it says, Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought it not good to take him with them, who departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. Now, he had been with them previously. If you study back in the first missionary journey, he had started out with them. But, you know, I might, might paraphrase and just kind of, you know, kind of give you a little uh, modern day thinking yeah. about it. Uh, he missed mama's cooking. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't sleeping in that nice warm bed every night. He always had to sleep in a different bed, you know, and he just didn't like it out there. And so the Bible said he left and he returned back. He didn't, he didn't finish the first journey with him. Well, he wasn't quite ready for all that the hardships of the travel and so forth and so on. So he had returned back. And it says that here, he had went not with them to the work. So Paul thought it not good to take him with them because he, he didn't have what it took, you know. Now, that might seem like Paul's just kind of got a, he, he's got a personal vendetta against him or something. But no, if you study within a few verses here, they're in jail just within a few verses. Acts 16 is where they are beating. I mean, they're sitting in jail with their backs bleeding. Feet are fast in stocks. They had been beaten for preaching the name of Jesus. Remember that? Paul probably perceived some things coming and knew John Mark wasn't ready for all that. So he said, no, not good to take John Mark. But then look at verse number 39. And the contention, so this was an issue of strife. The contention was so sharp between them, John, not, not, not John Mark, but uh, Paul and Barnabas. The contention between Paul and Barnabas was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus. And Paul chose Silas and departed being recommended by the brethren under the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia confirming the churches. And if you keep on reading, the account of the book of Acts, the remainder of the book of Acts, stays with Paul and his travels. And Mark, I mean, uh, really, well, John Mark is mentioned later, but Barnabas is never mentioned again in the scriptures. He sailed not off to, he only sailed off to that city he was going to there. It says he sailed off and departed uh, uh, to Cyprus. But uh, he not only sailed to Cyprus, he sailed off the pages of history. We don't hear from Barnabas again in the whole, in the whole Bible. Well, people have said, I wonder who was right in this whole thing. Well, I think the Holy Ghost is basically saying by staying with the story of what God was doing through Paul, he's basically saying Barnabas was the one that got separated from Paul. Paul didn't get separated from Barnabas. Paul was the one who the Holy Ghost was uh, confirming. He stayed, the the, the account stayed. The Lord didn't see fit. The Holy Ghost didn't see fit to stay with the account of what Barnabas was doing apart from his divine connection. Whoa. Are you still in the room? And so it's important that we understand this. um, And back up there in that verse number... uh, uh, verse number 37, Barnabas determined. To say it out loud, he determined. In other words, this is self-will involved here. He's just, uh, you know, kind of, kind of stubborn about this. This was his thinking. Now, why, would, why did he determine? Uh, because it's important that you and I 
value divine connections above our own interests or our own thinking. Amen. Anytime you get determined about going your, your own way, contention is going to be the result. And a lot of times it'll be contention with divine connections. Strife and contention are not designed. It's not a personality conflict. It's a strategic uh, device of the enemy to separate divine connections. Amen. Tell your neighbor you're going to enjoy this this morning. And so um, when he was connected right, God continued to use him. Amen. Because the Holy Ghost joined them together. I don't know if you've ever read that verse that talks about, you know, Matthew there, um, Matthew chapter number, uh, I'm trying to think of the verse, but it says what God has joined together, let not man put asunder. And we know the context is marriage. We know he's talking about marriage. Yet right on the other hand, notice he didn't limit it to that. He said what God has, in other words, whatever God has joined together, let not man decide differently. If God connects us in the body of Christ somewhere, our own determined will is to be set with God's plan, not against it. To set our will against it becomes a problem for us. Now think about the body, the physical body. If my hand got severed from my left arm here, I've said this many times. I think it bears repeating. If my hand got separated from my left arm here, that hand, without somehow being reattached, that hand is, uh, is going to die. That's right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now, the rest of the body can live. The rest of the body can make it through that. But the hand can't. Right? So when people get separated from their divine connection, the, the, the whole body suffers. But it can make it. Are you still out there? Yes, sir. The one that got separated is the one in the most danger. All right. yes. They're going to pay the biggest price. Amen. And that's what we see here with Barnabas. He paid the biggest price. Um, it's interesting that God had someone available to replace Barnabas. He had Silas available to replace Barnabas. Just know, all of us in the body need to know and remember this, we are all replaceable. In other words, the God can get done what he needs to get done if I don't obey God. Now, it'll cost me not to obey God. It's a big price that I have to pay. But yet, right on the other hand, God, I am replaceable. God can find somebody else. You're replaceable. Amen. I remember back over in the Old Testament whenever David, I mean, excuse me, whenever Samuel was praying for Saul. Remember Saul? King Saul was God's choice, but he got off. And they, uh, I keep saying David, it was Samuel was praying for Saul. Remember Saul, just basically is hard in his heart. He's not obeying God. And finally, God said to Samuel, stop praying for him. I've rejected him. Go anoint David. I found me somebody else after my own heart. In other words, hey, Saul, you're replaceable. That's a sober thought. Amen. Tell your neighbor that's a sober thought. And so uh, the divine connection that uh, Barnabas had was with Paul, not with Mark. 
Mark was uh, Barnabas's relative in the flesh. And so Barnabas is putting a natural connection higher than a divine connection. Bad mistake every single time. Bad mistake every single time. Are you hearing, hearing, hearing this preacher this morning? This is something that you and I, in other words, what, we're, what we need to see is, and what we want to talk about this morning, is guarding and protecting divine connections. Somebody's anointed to help you. We all need help. And uh, God has not left us just to be helped by the Spirit of God within us alone. Now, I'm not diminishing the, the helper, the Holy Spirit within us alone, but I know in my life, for example, there are things I would not be walking in today if the only source I ever got anything from was my personal relationship with Jesus in the Spirit alone. Now, have I received much from him? I wouldn't be here today without, you know, my fellowship with him and talking to him and him guiding me and counseling me. I wouldn't be here today. Yet right on the other hand, I wouldn't be walking here today where I am today either without the input of other members in the body of Christ that he said, I want you to connect up there. I need the Holy Spirit directly in my spirit and I need the Holy Spirit that God, that's in other people that God says, I want you to connect with them. I remember years ago, the Lord spoke to me about this. This is when he first started talking to me about it. I hadn't thought about it much before this. Now, I had walked in it because God had led me to Bible school, Rhema Bible Training Center, and I had fulfilled, you know, I'd obeyed that, and I was walking in it by being there, but yet I had never really understood what I was doing by being there. I just thought I was just hungry for the word, you know, but no, God was making a divine connection to mark my life. There was a mark to be made on my life. Amen. So... But, but later years, he started talking to me about the, the uh, importance of understanding this. And uh, because, you know, if you're doing something, if you're doing something right, but you still don't know, the, the, how do I say this? If you're doing something right, but yet you don't know that you're doing something right, then you're liable to miss it and start doing it wrong. But if you're doing it right and then you learn, okay, this is right, always do this, always, because this is the principle of the word, then whenever there's a temptation to do something else, you go, no, no, I know better than that. So the Lord needed me not only to do the right thing, he needed me to know what the right, know that I was doing the right thing and how to always do the right thing in this area. So he started teaching me about it. And I remember one of the first things he said to me was he, he was talking to me about Ephesians 4.16 there. That's why I go there first, because that's where I first started understanding this principle. He said to me, you know, we just quoted it, from whom the whole body uh, joints connected and joined together, maketh increase and every joint supply and so forth. He spoke to me and he said to me, he said, there are things in your life that you need in order to really succeed and understand from me. the revel- there, He was talking about revelations. He was talking about impartations. He was talking about getting where I needed to go in the plan of God for my life. He said, there are are things in your life that you'll need that you won't be able to succeed without them. He said that I won't give to you directly through your fellowship with me in prayer. If I have already given them to another man, I told you to be connected with. He said, if that's the case, if it's, I've already given it to another man that I told you to be connected with, and I don't give it to you or impart it to you directly in your own prayer life, he said, then you'll have to get it from them. Yeah. 
In other words, he's basically, he didn't say he, I wouldn't get anything from him through my personal fellowship. That's wrong doctrine. That's, that's old, you know, you know, you got to go through the priest kind of stuff. No, you've got, you've got a fellowship with God personally. You, you have the, the, the helper inside of you to guide you and teach you and, and so forth and so on. But that is one truth, not the whole truth of the Bible. People hear one truth and run off with it, and they're in error. I call it this, error by emphasis. The tr- it's true what they're saying, but they're emphasizing that at the expense of another truth. You understand? We've got to have a whole, we've got to take the whole counsel of God's yes. word. Yes. We've got people running around as lone rangers and usually they've got at least one tonto with them. But, you know, they're out there all by themselves, not connected into the body somewhere. I'll just say this while I'm on it. Anybody still glad you came to church this morning? I was, I remember a number of, a month ago or so, two months ago, something like that. I was, I was awakened in the middle of the night and the Lord dealt with me about somebody I had spoken with and said to me, he said, now, he said, the plan and the pattern of the New Testament example, see, there's the word of God and then there's the, the, uh, the practices of the people of God in the New Testament. He said the, the, the plan of God in the New Testament, as well as the practices of the New Testament was that prayer groups be submitted in a local church under a pastor. And we just read it, Acts 13. There was in the church. There was in the church. People praying. In the church. Does that mean you have to be in the church building? We're not talking about the church building. We're talking about in the assembly of believers at Antioch. There was in the church. And he said, so you, you, need, to, you need to recognize that, that that's the, that's the word of God, and that's also the pattern of the New Testament. Now, does that mean you can't pray, uh, uh, in, 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 you know, get people in the church, get together and pray? Well, uh, just make sure that it's being uh, spoken into by the yes. pastor. Yes, yes, amen. Because there's nobody gets off quicker than prayer groups. They need some spiritual maturity over them. Yeah. Anyway, that's just a little free nugget just as we go. But, uh, I mean, you know, people, they fuss with that, but, you know, find me scriptures that say otherwise. So, um, but, so, praise the Lord. So we've got to recognize this. There are things that will come through other members if God told us to be connected somewhere. We've got a lot of people that don't want to do that. I've heard people say, I, I don't believe in organized Christianity. Well, I think to myself, are you saying you believe in disorganized Christianity? No army disorganized is going to win any battles. I mean, if China came over here tomorrow and started shooting, they're going to have an organized response to that. Here in the, we're going to have an, they won't just put out over the loudspeakers and say, everybody grab a gun, shoot somebody. We're going to, we're going to lose. No, there needs to be some, some, some planning and some strategic coming against certain, where, where are they coming at? Okay, this group over here is under this military leader, and they're the ones in charge of going over there. Right? People say the strangest things. All I need is Jesus. I don't believe in organized Christianity and things like that. They sound spiritual, but just look at the fruit in their lives. 
They're broke, busted, beat up, and disgusted. Kicked from pillar to post. We have people call sometimes, they pray for us, and we say, well, who's your pastor? Well, I don't have a pastor. We tell them right off the bat, that's your first problem. In fact, that's your main problem. Somebody said, well, who do you think you are? Well, the same thing Jesus said to Brother Hagin. Same thing Jesus said to Brother. Brother Hagin said, the Lord told him, he said, I haven't called you to be counseling people over there in the prayer and healing center. The Lord spoke to him about it. And he said, if they need counseling and they don't have their own, he said, their main place they should get their counseling and so forth, get their help, is in their local church. The Bible teaches the local church. Out of 110 times the, the word church is used in the New Testament, about 90 of them are referring to the local church. The local church. Jesus is big on the local church. When he wrote letters to, uh, th- through John to the churches, seven churches in Asia, in Revelation 1, well, 2, 3, and 4, 2, two, two and 3, uh, he wrote the letter. He said to the, to the angel, and the word means pastor. It's talking about the pastor. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amen. I know people teach that's an angel, but he's not writing a letter to an angel. There is an angel over the church. Each church has an angel, but he's writing to the pastor. And I could prove that there are like like three times in the New Testament that the word uh, translated there, angel, in the book of Revelation 2 and 3, is translated messenger, referring to a man, three times in the New Testament. So it's not always an angel. And I'm not an angel, by the way. Few, few people can testify to that fact. I can testify to the fact they're not an angel. So no, he's not talking about an angel, although the, the doctrine that is being preached that there's an angel over church, every church, that is true too. So we're not disputing that doctrine. We're just saying, anyway, I got to get off of that. We got to stick with it. But he wrote those letters to the churches, the churches, not the prayer groups. Not the Bible studies, not the evangelistic outreaches, are any of those things wrong? No, 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 that's wrong. I'm saying people are, sheep are to gather together in local churches, local churches. Jesus is big on the local church. When Peter and John got in trouble in Acts chapter number four, they went to their own company, their own company. That's a reference to their local church. Boy, if you get in trouble and you come to the end of your own faith, it's just good to jump into the middle of a bunch of people of faith yes, yeah, who can believe God with you. That's just God's plan. That's just the way he set it up. Anywho, um, <laughs> so, amen, you got to guard those divine connections. There'll be no area of your life that you'll have more spiritual warfare against. If I could use the term spiritual warfare, it just means simply thoughts and bombardments against your mind more than against divine connections. Amen. The devil will leave natural relationships alone, but divine connections, he's after them because there's a, there's a divine flow and he's trying to mix up that divine flow. I don't know if you've ever remembered whenever Jesus was preaching and he preached a hard sermon one day uh, and, the, he, and they said, who can hear this? And a lot of people from that day on left him, didn't come to his meetings anymore. <laughs> Jesus turned to the disciples and said, uh, are you going to go too? Yeah, yeah. You ever remember that passage? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And Peter said, um, where are we going to go? Where are we going to go? Notice what Peter didn't say. He didn't say, I never thought about that. (laughs) 
He didn't say he hadn't thought about it. He must have thought about it because when he was thinking about it, he'd say, where are we going to go? So he must have thought about it because he, he had the answer whenever Jesus asked. Where are we going to go? He didn't say, I haven't thought about that. He's basically saying, basically, basically saying, I thought about it and I couldn't decide where we would go. <laughs> You've not missed it because the thoughts came to you. You missed it by not thinking it through about where you're going to go. I've watched people get offended and get disconnected from divine connections, and they never say never. I've watched it over and over again. They never go to a more spiritual church. They always go to a more carnal church because offense is carnal. And you can't go to a spiritual church to get convicted of your offense. Yeah. Except you have to go to a carnal, dumbed down church. Well, I feel mean on the devil this morning. Come on. Where you can just hide, you know, hide out, live your own life. Anyway, tell your neighbor I'm glad he came. Came to church. Because I thought about sleeping in, you know, I did. <laughs> Send someone else to preach Jesus. But the thing about Barnabas is he didn't think about what Peter thought about. Peter thought about it and said, I don't know where I'm going to go. Barnabas didn't think about where he's going to go. And so therefore, because he didn't, he didn't take the time to think that through, he didn't realize that he, see, notice he determined. Notice he's getting self-willed to do his own plan rather than remember, wait a minute, this was a Holy Ghost connection. The Holy Ghost said, the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul. The Holy Ghost said, the Holy Ghost said, he didn't, he didn't remember that. He just decided to determine his own plan. Thinking that he could determine his direction. Listen, whenever he decided or determined to do his own thing, all of a sudden, he's no longer in charge of where he's going. even though he's still probably in the ministry. Yes. Now Satan's decide where he's going and Satan took him right off the pages of the Bible. Wow. Come on. Amen. So determined people, self-willed people saying, well, I don't care what the Holy Ghost said. This is what I'm going to do. They think they're making a decision, but they're really not in charge of their decisions anymore. They're going somewhere the enemy is determining they go. He'll never take them into better things. Are you still glad you came this morning? So praise the Lord. Now, so these divine associations in our lives are very, very important. They're links of the Holy Ghost. They're, they're links of the Holy Ghost. And so these, these divine connections are few and far between, to be honest. Um, these are to be the most valuable associations and relationships in our lives. Don't try to get between me or Pastor Debbie and I, get between uh, us and, the, and Pastor Nancy. Yes, sir. Come on. Don't, try, don't try to do that. No. And don't do that to yourself. No, sir. No, no, no. Amen. Amen. Because I, we guard that. Yes, amen. We guard that. And don't come around criticizing or talking negatively or something like that. Amen. I don't hang out with people that do that. I don't hang out. If I'm hanging out with them, they honor who I honor. 
Is it, is it a hu- human worship or hero worship? No, this is not a person. It's a divine connection. There's something in them that God said, this is your pastor. I didn't, that wasn't our plan. That was God's plan. He set us in the body as it pleased him. Amen. Tell your neighbor, I'm so glad I came to church. And so God will really direct every believer to where they're to go to church and be pastored. Or ministers where their, where their you know, pastor is. Because every minister needs somebody speaking into their life as well. He'll tell them where and tell us all where, where we're connected. Amen. Because he does have a plan for us. Hallelujah. So those divine connections are to be guarded at all costs. If God authors something, say authors something, it's a divine association. It's a divine thing. Amen. And only God can release you from what God connected you to. Amen. Now, let me address that because I've heard people say, I just have had a release in the spirit because of such and such. And I said to them, I noticed before you got offended, you didn't have a release. And I said, you don't know the difference yet spiritually between, I'm just telling about, I'm just, I'm just saying some things this morning. I said, you don't know the difference between a release in your spirit and a relief from the fle- of the flesh. Relief from what your flesh doesn't want to do. Amen. This is a little different kind of service this morning, but I had a, had a dream. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Tell your neighbor, we're going to learn this. God never leads by offense. Never leads. Offense is not the leading of the Holy Spirit. Offense is your flesh being irritated and wanting to do something because you don't like something that God ordained. Amen. So Barnabas traded off a divine connection just to get his own way. It was the worst day in Barnabas' life. I said it was the worst day in Barnabas' life. He thought he won, but he suffered great loss because of what he won. He got his way, but he really suffered a lot. Amen? Um, sometimes some of these things require putting some things on the altar that, that we are in our flesh we want. I know God has spoken to me about some things about being at Pastor Nancy's crusades, you know, the miracle crusades. And that's not the easiest thing on my flesh about being there. Amen. But um, I didn't, I don't really consult with my flesh. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Click your heels and say it's a good service. (laughs) Hallelujah. Um, So these are personality conflicts, but really they're much deeper than that. Uh, You know, they're, they're really things that the enemy gets into and starts working with. He's, he's always trying to separate divine connections. Amen. Young ministers need to learn this. Um, and, and really, some of, them, <clears throat> excuse me, some of them get ambitious about the plan God has for their lives. And don't misunderstand me. If God has a plan, you need to be going for it, you know. But yet, right on the other hand, there is a phase oftentimes in all of our lives to where the, the, there's a phase where we are being trained. We're being prepared for what God has prepared for us. 
And that, that period can't be one that we're uh, antsy in. We're, we're, we're kind of always itchy in. We're not, we're not willing to sit here much longer. You know what I'm talking about? We just need to settle down and let God render the Lord, if you know what I mean by that. Just, just, <laughs> amen. just let him work on us. Let him work on us. Praise the Lord. And uh, I, the Lord told me one time, he said, because Ephesians, or no, uh, Galatians says, don't be weary in well-doing. In due season, you'll reap if you faint not. And the Lord asked me one time, he said, do you know when due season is? I said, well, I think so, but obviously not. You're asking me. <laughs> he said, due season's after you thought it was. <laughs> Boy, I found that out in my life. So, praise the Lord. Let's get with it here. <clears throat> so, um, young ministers, just because they have a call to the ministry doesn't mean they're ready yet for that call. You can have a call and not yet be qualified. And not ready to fulfill that call. And listen, you can uh, make that preparation phase long or short. <laughs> by how you respond to others speaking into your life. I think we've got too many people in the body of Christ that they come up without somebody speaking into their life and yet they're being given a voice into the larger body. You're not qualified to have a voice into the larger body unless you sit under somebody who has been proven. A lot of people, I don't, I don't even listen to them until I know who's your spiritual father. Who's speaking into your life? Who's correcting your doctrine? we got so many weird doctrines out there right now. These people aren't sitting under seasoned ministers to say, no, wait a minute, show me that in the Bible. Amen. Richard Roberts, when he was here, he said, my father wrote a letter to a minister who got off talking about no hell. He said, I know it's not in the can. I, I know it can't be put in Richard Roberts talking. He said, I know it can't be put in the canon description. I know that. He said, but that's the level it was on almost. The, the, the doctrine of hell and the doctrine of preaching sound doctrine. Uh-huh. I said, well, could I get a copy of that letter? <laughs> <You know? laughs> but see, that's a spiritual father yeah. speaking yes. in to a yes. son yes. and saying, you know, yes. that you're getting off here. I don't listen to people that don't have somebody mature speaking into their lives. Why would I? Amen. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Tell your neighbor, this is good whether it's all making you glad or not. Thank you, Jesus. And so uh, we, we need to recognize some of these things. Now, let's go over to some things here. Um, let me tell you about this dream. Would that be all right? Can I tell you about it? And this was uh, uh, Friday, well, Thursday night. And uh, in the dream, I was, uh, go, in fact, while I'm talking, go to Proverbs chapter number 22. Proverbs chapter number 22. And this is a scripture we've talked about in the past. But uh, the Lord <clears throat> reminded me of it when I woke up from the dream. Proverbs 22, verse number 28. We've shared on this. This is a whole teaching. I need to get this in a book, to be honest with you. This, this, this verse and the teaching God gave me from it. Proverbs 22, verse 28. Remove not the ancient landmarks which thy fathers have set. Remove not the ancient landmarks which thy fathers have set. Now that could apply to, you know, a lot of times scripture has like a dual meaning, meaning uh, that scripture could just simply apply to don't change 
Because remember, whenever God divided the land of Canaan with to Israel, he divided it up into tribes. This tribe has this portion, this tribe over here, and this tribe. And then each tribe was made up of families. And so they divided, this family gets this land, this family. And so, and so those landmarks were uh, something that was not to be changed. That's what he's talking about in the natural sense. But you can apply this to spiritual fathering today. Amen. I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were showing me a book. It's, I think it's a really good book. I know the minister is a good minister, but um, they were showing it to me about spiritual fathering, uh, but they didn't use, to my knowledge, they didn't use that term. They used the term mentoring. I said, uh, that's fine, but I said, let's stay with the, let's stay with the biblical yeah. terms. Amen. Amen. Biblical terms. Yes. Biblical term. Paul used this term, spiritual father, spiritual son, many, many times. Now, God's our spiritual father. He, he gave birth to us. But just like he, this is how the Lord explained it to me one time. He said, Jesus is the, is the shepherd of the whole flock, yet he carries out that ministry through under shepherds. Right? And he said, spiritual fathers are the same way. Jesus is the, I mean, God is the one who is all of our spiritual father. We receive the new birth from him. No, no man. But yet that, that uh, uh, you might say, ministry of being like a father figure in people's lives, yeah. that God is our heavenly father, yet he'll carry out that through people. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He'll send people into our lives to sort of bring us along spiritually and care for us spiritually. I want that in my life. Yeah. People that don't want that in their lives, something's wrong with them. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Come on. Anyway, so this is what he's talking about. Remove not the ancient landmarks which thy fathers have set. You could apply this to spiritual fathering. And he's basically saying your spiritual father will help mark you. He'll, he'll, he'll set his mark on you and be able to help you uh, impart unto you and imprint into your life the things that you need. Now, before we get into the dream, I, I keep wanting to get to the dream, but let me go over to a couple of scriptures that'll just help you understand this. Look at, in fact, look these up, would you? Look at Acts 4.13. Turn there real quickly. Acts 4.13. Acts 4.13. You glad you came this morning? Yeah. <clears throat> don't, don't leave yet. The good part's coming. Acts 4.13. They took knowledge of them. Now, this is whenever the apostles were before they were on trial here. And uh, they took the ones that were, <clears throat> excuse me, put them on trial, took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus, mm-hmm. took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Yeah. They didn't know who these men were, but they said, these men must have been with Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what is that? Jesus marked them. Yeah. In other words, That's his good. doctrine, his manner of living. Yep. Amen. His integrity, his anointing, his boldness. That's what they're referring to here, their boldness. They said, we, we, we've seen this somewhere else. Where was that? Oh, yeah, Jesus was that way. These men have been with Jesus. Jesus marked them. He put his mark on. In other words, he imprinted them. He imprinted some things on their heart and their conscience and their mind. And to where they're acting just like him. Yeah, come on. I used to have people tell me, and it used to, it used to bother me. I'll be real honest with you, it bothered me. I didn't want to, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to be like Brother Hagin, but I hang around him so long. I'm not, it's not as much now, but it used to be like, I was, I was a lot more like Brother Hagin. Yeah. Um, just my mannerisms and everything. Yeah. 
And uh, people would say, you just sound like Brother Hagin up there. You just, you know, you, you're saying things like Brother Hagin. And I, I always kind of took it wrong. And I, I was like, well, I don't want to do that, you know. Privately, I was trying to backpedal on it. And finally, one day, the Lord just asked me, he said, who would you rather be? Who would you rather be like? Yeah. yeah. I thought, yeah, who would I rather be like? <laughs> like Jesus, of course. But how many of you know, if you're following, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. That's a scriptural thing to follow somebody as long as you can see over their shoulder and see Jesus up there. If you can't see Jesus, you might want to check up. You understand? But he said, follow me. Paul's Paul's a spiritual father. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. In other words, I'm going to make a mark on you because Jesus made a mark on me. Okay, so I wanted you to see that verse, and then go over to, here's another one, uh, Philippians 2, verses 19 through 22. This is, this is, this is oh my, 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 I'm just really going to get started. This is, too, this is happening too often. I'm just getting started to the good part, and then it's time to quit. Philippians 2, 19 through 22. I have no one, I might not have actually, let me, let me turn here, I might not have actually written this whole thing down. Philippians 2, let me go over here and write, make sure I say this right. Praise the Lord. Philippians 2, verses 19 through 22. He said, But I trust the Lord uh, Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you, that I may also, that also, excuse me, that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man, no man like-minded, who will naturally care for your state. For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ's. For you know the proof of him, that as a son with the Father, he hath served with me in the gospel. So he said, I'm I'm sending Timothy because, okay, go over to 2 Timothy. Hold your finger here. Hold your finger here. Go to 2 Timothy 3. I'm trying to get this out before it's too late. 2 Timothy chapter number 3. Praise the Lord. 2 Timothy chapter number 3. Look at verse number 10. Paul's writing to his spiritual son, Timothy. You go back there, he always calls him my son, Timothy. 2 Timothy 3, verse number 10. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, which persecutions I endured, but out of all them the Lord delivered me. You look up that word fully known, it literally means to follow up close until you're doing the same thing. You have followed me close enough until I marked your life. You let me mark your life in the way I walk by faith, the way I walk in love, the way I forgive, the way I don't take offense, the way I trust God, the way I make God my source and not people, the way I take persecutions and hardships, how I don't quit, how I keep staying with the truth, how I don't get off doctrinally, how I do, how I, how I, how I, how I, you stay close, Timothy. So he said over there in Philippians, he said, I don't have anyone. I can't get there. I can't get there, but I'm going to send Timothy to you because he is me. He's, I have no one as like-minded with me as him because as a father, as a son with a father, he stayed close, close enough to mark him to where he's going to do it just like I would do it. He's going to say it just like I would say it. 
He's going to have my heart of caring for you in the way he does it. Amen. I've had people say, well, I want to be in the ministry and so forth. And would you, they use the term mentoring. I don't like that term. It's a spiritual fathering. I think if you lose the term that you lose the meaning. And I said, well, you know, uh, you know, stay close, stay close. Let us mark you. Amen. So anyway, all right. Now, did you see those three scriptures? Don't let those three get away from you. Acts 4.13, Philippians 2.19-20, and 2 Timothy 3.10. All those scriptures together, they'll preach a whole sermon to you. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's some people God has called to mark all of our lives. That doesn't mean we don't need the rest of the body, but those that God specifically spoke to us about, they're the main ones we're to let mark our lives. A lot of times the way he draws people to certain others, it's because there's a similar thing on their lives, on somebody else's life. So there'll be impartations. Anyway, so I had this dream. All right. And, uh, and uh, well, in the dream, there was, uh, I was standing at an anvil. I don't know if you know what an anvil is. I'll just tell you what an anvil is. A lot of t- let, me, let me say it this way. A lot of times people just take an old piece of railroad uh, track you know, that's a big old hunk of metal and they'll cut it maybe a foot or two long and they'll just sit it in their shop and that's their anvil. In other words, that's a hard flat surface that you can take something that you need to whatever, straighten out or pound or something and you can lay it on there and take a hammer and hit on it. That's called an anvil. When you hit on that hard piece of metal, they actually make them, manufacture them. You you can uh, buy them. But anyway, I'm standing at an anvil and on the anvil is, a, is an image or a, 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 you know, an imprint. It was into the metal. Yeah. An imprint that looked like a coin or something. Yeah. And in the uh, dream, I took a, uh, it was really a soft rubber hammer. It wasn't a hard hammer. It was like a, I don't know if you've ever seen one of those rubber hammers. Yeah. Um, and I put a thin sheet of, I don't know why I knew it, knew it was silver. I just knew it was silver. It was like tin foil, All right. thin sheet of silver. But uh, I think it was even actually a little thinner than tinfoil. And I put it on that anvil and I took that rubber hammer. It wasn't a hard hammer. It was a rubber hammer. And I started pounding on that to- foil. And I was pounding on top of that coin image that was imprinted there. And I was pounding that, that image of that coin into that foil. And I pounded a little bit until uh, it looked pretty good. And I held it up. And whenever I held it up, there was a breeze blowing, a wind blowing. And it was a pretty thin piece of uh, silver um, foil kind of thing. And uh, the breeze, I was just seeing how, how well it imprinted. And the breeze was blowing enough and the foil was not thick enough to where the breeze was, you know, kind of distort. I mean, even though something in the breeze kind of, you know, changes its direction and causes it to move and stuff. And that movement caused the image to disintegrate and disappear. So I put it down on the anvil again and I put it in there again. Held it up into the, uh, that breeze that was gone by, and that image disappeared again. I mean, you know, gradually, as it moved and stuff, the, 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 the movement kind of made it disappear. And so I did it the third time, and I, and I picked it up, and the same thing happened. And so I put it down there, and I just hit it, and hit it, and hit it, and hit it, and hit it. It seemed like a couple minutes. I just stood there and hit it, and all of a sudden, I woke up from the dream. And instantly, the Lord spoke to me about a person. He said... And I knew it instantly. <laughs> if you don't know what the dream meant, probably put it on the shelf. You might have just had too much pizza. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> the Holy Ghost will tell you what your dream meant. 
And sometimes it's not God at all. Most, the vast majority of my, <clears throat> my dreams are not God at all. But every now and then I have one, I know this is God talking to me. And, and instantly, wherever I woke up, I knew the whole meaning of the whole thing. The, uh, the, the, uh, the anvil, I mean, the image in the uh, anvil was the revelation I had in Christ. The revelation that I have of, of the New Testament. The, the foil was a person's heart and mind. I, the Lord told me who it was. But this will, this will be good for all of us. And he said, the hammer is the word of God. Now, that's actually a scripture over in the Old Testament. I didn't have time to look it up. But he talks about the, the hammer of the word of God. I thought it was interesting that it was a rubber hammer. It wasn't harsh. You know what I'm talking about? I thought that was interesting. But, but, but the, uh, the foil is that man's heart and conscience and mind and his mentality. And he said, whenever you held it up, he said, the breeze blowing are the winds of doctrine in the church world today. And he said, that man doesn't stay close enough. He said, he comes to church every now and then, and you put the image of the revelation you have in Christ into him, and he gets, he, after church is over, he gets in the winds of doctrine, and all the image that he saw whenever he was at church, it blows away. This is why he's having emotional problems. That image, he hasn't stayed close enough for you to make your mark on him. I went, oh my Jesus. He said, you have to teach people to stay close. He said, you have to teach people. It's not the pastor's responsibility to, to lay down on that, to put you down on that anvil. You have to lay yourself down on that anvil and let the mark be made. Not something of a human being, something of revelation, something of something in God. And he said, stay there long enough. And teach them not to get on the internet and listen to every wind of doctrine. Because he said, those things are designed to distort the image of who you really are in Christ. My, 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 my. I'm telling you, that just blessed me. I've been thinking about that. Amen. And he said, the storms. Of, of bombardment against this particular man's mind. How many of you know this is good for all of us though? He said that those storms of bombardments of thoughts, because this man is oppressed mentally, the storm of bombardments of his, the thoughts of the enemy are sent to distort that image. He's got to keep looking at who he is in Christ. And he reminded me of the James 1 where it talks about uh, the word of God. He talks about receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. Engrafted, engrafted, engrafted word. Then he said, uh, but be he doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. And he goes away, if he, if, he, if, he, if he goes away and forgets, he's like a man looking in the mirror and he goes away and forgets what manner of man he was. He said, that's what happens to this man. In the winds of breeze of the doctrines of the internet and everybody else's voice and ideas. He forgets what man or man he really is. What did the man God connected him with? What's that revelation? What's that revelation say that I am in Christ? We're not talking about a man's idea. We're talking about the real message of the New Testament. 
In Christ, we are free. In Christ, we are redeemed. In Christ, we are blessed. In Christ, we are delivered from the curse of the law. In Christ, we have the peace of God that passes all understanding, that guards our hearts and our minds. I'm talking about the Bible. I'm not talking about a human mark. I'm talking about a revelation in a man. I have more revelation because I connected with Brother Hagin than I ever would have gotten on my own. With Pastor Nancy than I ever would have got on my own. Dr. Dufresne, I'm talking about letting people make a mark on you. And know by the Spirit who those people are. And they become first. Most, they are the priority. They are the main voice into your life. Now, people have trouble with that, but I'm not everybody's pastor. Wherever God has connected somebody else, that voice has to be first. You understand the way I'm not, I, I don't even want everybody coming to me. Please let somebody else take some of these people. You got to understand the way I'm saying it. But if the Holy Ghost connected me somewhere, I want to lay down on their anvil. And stay there. Not get up and what's everybody else saying? There goes the image. No, get back down on that anvil. Get back down on that anvil. Woo, glory. Hallelujah. It's my job to lay myself down on that anvil. It's not Pastor Nancy's job to say, you need to be in this meeting. You need to come to this meeting. She doesn't say that and she's not supposed to say that. Elijah said to Elisha, I'm going over here. You stay back here. And Elisha was the one that said, no, you're not going alone. It wasn't Elijah's job. It was Elisha's job to stay close. And he made such, Elisha, Elijah made such a mark on Elisha that as soon as Elijah went, the same things that were operating in Elijah's life and mantle, he picked up that same mantle and did the same thing only twice as much. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You've heard me say, I've said it to the classes where young ministers were here. You've heard me say, you want a ministry, if you're drawn toward a ministry, uh, stay, if, you, if you want a ministry like somebody else has, stay close. Stay close. Amen. Would you get anything out of that? Praise God. People ought to recognize they ought to be able to say about you, I can tell, you go down there to Spirit of Faith Family Church. You're strong in the Word. You know who you are in Christ. You're another breed of Christian. We, our children go to Christian schools. I mean, I'm, you know, your children, uh, I'm talking about the children of this church. They go to Christian schools. <clears throat> We've had testimonies like this. It's almost funny. They'll ask a Bible, the, the teacher will ask a Bible question. And some of the children in our church will just, they'll raise their hand and they'll quote three scriptures. I know who some of you tell me those testimonies. And they'll say, where'd you learn that? In other words, they're teaching their teachers. The word's getting out. Oh, they go down there to Spirit of Faith Family Church. <laughs> they that turned the world upside down have come here too. Hallelujah. I'm not trying to demean anybody else. I'm just simply saying we're carrying out the, the, the message and the word that we're assigned to carry out. The Lord said, you go to Eastern Iowa and you raise the standard. You raise the standard of ministry in Eastern Iowa. Praise the Lord. Stand with me to your feet.
Praise God. Pastors today are dealing with things that they've never had to deal with in the history of the church. And that is that other doctrines are so readily available through technology and so forth. You realize you can listen to every doctrine. You could go home this afternoon and listen to about any doctrine you want to listen to on the internet. I'm not saying you should. I said you could. <laughs> Amen. But that's not the main voice. That's not your main feeder. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. So it's important that we understand this. So um, stay close enough to where somebody can mark your life deeply enough. That, like, that, that you can be trusted. How can you be trusted? Well, how, how did Timothy get to the place? He was trusted by Paul to actually send him for, on his behalf. How did he get to that place? How did he get to the place to where Paul said, no, I'm sending Timothy and I want you to receive him just like you'd receive me. How did he get to that place? He stayed close enough to let him mark him. Let him mark him. In all, listen to this, not just in doctrine, but in character, the formation of his character. How good a character he had. How he loved people and put them first. Amen. Amen. Just different things he talked about in that, in those passages. Well, uh, especially those of you that want to be, those that sense a call to ministry, you believe God has a plan for your life in ministry. Well, uh, and, and you believe God's connected you here. Now I didn't connect you here, but I'm saying you believe God connected you here. That's between your, the head of the church and you. That's not between you and me. But if, if you come and you say, I believe God's connected me here, then I'm going to take that role, but I can't keep you close. That's right. That's right. You know, coming every few weeks is not close. And close doesn't mean you need to go to dinner with us every Friday night. No, no man after the flesh. We're talking about something spiritual being marked on your life. Amen. Hallelujah. People misunderstand these things. I understand that. But if you don't know us and you don't trust us, you don't know, you, you don't know what we mean by these things. But we're looking out for, for those. We're lo- we want the giftings that are in this congregation to be prepared for what God's prepared them for. Everybody's got to stand in their place and fulfill what God's called them to fulfill. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we're grateful for your word. A little different this morning than we normally share, but it's, it's something you shared with us and dealt with us about. We, we thank you, Father, for the, for the message that, uh, the, that marks us all, the revelation that marks us all. Hallelujah. Like the Apostle Paul said, it enabled him to go further and do more because of the truth of the Word of God. We bless you and thank you today for every precious person here that uh, you've put some assignment on their life. You've called them to do something for you. We're grateful. We're grateful. We're grateful. Thank you. If, we, if you call them, we need them. And we receive them. We receive them. And Father, any part that we have to help prepare them, we'll stand in that place willingly and gladly. Thank you for helping us. Thank you for helping all of us. We can't do it without you. None of us are able to do anything without you. But thank you for helping us through your grace and your ability. We give you all the praise and glory. We say we're going to all fulfill what you called us to. We're all going to finish our, run our race and finish our course. 
Glory to God. We're all going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Say it out loud. Thank you, Father, for making a mark on my life. However you want to make that mark. Amen. However you want to make that mark. And, and through whoever you want to use to make that mark. I've watched people buck and kick and, and, and fuss and, and claw and spit. <laughs> Coming into what I'm talking about. And it's just, it's just you, you, your life, you don't have a lot of time sometimes to get these things in place. Because you're not going to live down here forever in the flesh, you know. So we got to get with it sometimes. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the Lord. 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 I wouldn't, I wouldn't follow anybody that doesn't have the mark of somebody that, that I trusted in the body of Christ. I'm, I was so thankful for the Dufresnes because when we got around them, they had the mark of our own spiritual father. They had the mark of Brother Hagin on them. I'm like, ah, this is not changing the image here. This is the same truth, the same revelation, the same anointing, the same integrity in the anointing, the same integrity about money. You understand? And that mark had been made, begun to be made on us, but God used the Dufresnes and is using Pastor Nancy to continue to make that, just keep hitting that, just keep hitting that. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. What a wonderful, wonderful message. I mean, I was so blessed by that. So much direction, so much. Uh, this isn't for somebody that's outside of this congregation. And I, I just want you to hear Pastor and I's heart because in all honesty, we talk about this at times. We want to help people be prosperous. We want to help people be successful. Mm-hmm. And I've said this to people if you will trust us, I'm, have we been perfect on everything? No, but if you will trust us, especially those of you who are called into the ministry, not everybody is in this place, no. we will help you get where you need to go. But if you're coming to us and saying, this is God's plan and this is the date I'm supposed to leave and something's off, I said something's off. And you're more concerned about what you're getting in prayer for your ministry and these things. You're not able to give your time here. You're not able. Mm -hmm. When we are at Pastor Nancy and Dr. Dufresne's meetings, we don't talk about our ministry. I don't ever really, I don't ever remember time ever talking about what God told us to do unless doctor asked us. Mm -hmm. I mean, for years, he didn't even know certain things we were doing in the ministry. And he didn't bring it up. Why? Because he doesn't Mm -hmm. want to foster people talking about everything else and then he can't put anything into them. Because our purpose of being there was not to impart into him. It was for him to impart into us. So we still, when we go to those meetings, we don't talk about everything unless Pastor Nancy asks us. Because we're not there for that purpose. We're there to receive. We're there to impart. I mean, to get impartations. And so in that respect, even congregation members, if there's somebody, even young ministers that are just talking about their ministry and what God's told them to do and this is what they're supposed to do, I just encourage you to back up a little bit. And it's like, well... Pastor, said something about that. 
I hope that you will get it. I trust that you will get it. But I know my husband, he is not somebody that will use somebody if they're coming to him telling them all the ministry they have. But if they will wait and let us impart into them and get it in the right time. And well, I'm getting older. Well, so what? If we go to heaven and you've never done what God's put in your heart, you will still get the reward because your heart was right. Yeah, if you're, you know. if you're preparing for it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just just be obedient. Some people are behind. I mean, we've been behind in things before, and sometimes we just got to get it. And it's like, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm behind, but I'm, I'm just going to, what I'm going to do is just put my effort into helping this church, helping Lee Summit, praying, being here, not thinking about my ministry. Because as this church grows, as Lee Summit grows or whatever, we're, and, and, and we're going to have people that are going into ministry, but it's those who are just wholehearted about being here and putting their time their prayers. Yeah, but I'm getting things from God. You're seeing things ahead and you got to learn to put it down sometimes. There have been times Pastor Nancy spoken in my life, you know, you, you got to be doing this. And I just submitted. It's like, yes, ma'am. Years ago, I got back in the praise and worship. You know, I'm just saying. And then there was a time that I, I was released of that, and, you know, and she understood. And so I'm just saying that there are times that my pastor has spoken in my life or doctor has spoken in our life, and we never talked about our own ministry or this is what we're going to do. Or even when I went to go teach at the Bible school, I didn't go there to teach. I just said, doctor, I got a plunger, and I'll plunge the toilets. I'll help in the office. I'll do whatever you want. And finally he said, use her to teach. She's got a teaching gift. She's got a ministry gift. And then he pulled me aside and started telling me some things. Don't hold back in this and this and this. Okay? So, I'm, you know, we're trying to help. Pastor Jay and I aren't always going, sometimes we deal with it in a group setting. We're not always going to come and say, okay, you're getting off because you're telling us everything you're, you're supposed to do. Well, I'm saying right now, if you'll hear our hearts... But if you don't make the change, I'm not, this isn't for everybody, but it is specifically, if you don't make the change, you're going to miss some things and you're not going to be able to go where you need to go. Your family is not ready to go. And you got to get your heart right in that. And it will get to the place where we will just use you less and less until you get your heart right. So I think it was appropriate because I've been praying about this and it's like, Lord, you know, You'll show pastor what to do. I think it was appropriate with this message. And then I'm sitting there. It's like, okay, it's okay to say something, but I'm being very general to help, to help. So I'm just saying, this is not for everybody in the congregation, but we all have to be careful of this and realize we can get someplace if we will trust where God has put us and set us. And, and even if, okay, if pastor doesn't get it and God's dealing with you, well, Lord, you placed me there. So if he didn't get it yet, then that's between you and him. I mean, you got to have that much trust. You understand? Anyway, I, you know, you can get off in some of these things. I understand uh, we had Pastor Haken's endorsement. We had to go out into ministry. As a matter of fact, we were kicked out <laughs> by Brother Doug Jones. And we didn't want to leave. We didn't want to leave. We, yeah. we, just, we were staying there, and we were kicked out. Okay? So I'm just saying that our heart was... They just you know, said you got to get out there and do what God told you to do. That's don't what you, she means by kicked out. Yeah, that's what I meant. 
<laughs> yeah, still have a good relationship today. But I'm just saying, if somebody, we weren't going to them saying, okay, we need to do this, we need to do that. Even, and we were even traveling on the road, but we had got their endorsement for that, okay? So yeah. I'm just, we want to help people. So we take times like this because, you know, he doesn't preach on this every service. And, and nor should well, we, right? Well, dealing with but, me that I got to take this role. It's, mm. not, it's, not, it's not comfortable on me to preach like this. I don't, I don't like drawing attention to myself. I'm not drawing attention. I'm drawing attention to the gifting and the assignment. But um, God's dealing with me. You've got, you got to step up and be a spiritual father. So, praise the Lord. Amen. It's not always comfortable on our flesh, but we just do what he tells us to do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus.